Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Last night, it was all about the movies, and so are we. Today, we count down our top 10 movies of 2017. The big time. It's time for a top 10 turf war. This is it, guys. This is our big episode of the year. This is going to be just the top 10 movies of 2017. That's correct. We did something very similar last year, and it also came out the day after the Oscars. If you listen to our top 10 TV shows of 2017, we're going to go head for head, uh, you know, pick for pick. And rhyme off a bunch of movies. So there might be some crossover. There might not be some crossover. Um, I'm sure there'll be a little crossover. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, but let's get this started. 2017, Ivana, what is your number 10 movie of the whole year? I am shocked that this movie made it onto my list. I have a couple shocks on mine as well. Uh, thank you, Jay, for forcing me to watch it. <laughs> uh, it is Detroit. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't it great? It was surprisingly great. So, kind of. Can we just pause for a second? Because I made you w watch this movie. Yeah. This is a movie by Catherine Bigelow, who did The Hurt Locker. Uh, she also did Near Dark way back at when. And I get a text message from Ivana. Like, she must have been five minutes into the film. Oh, totally. Like, and 10 she's like, minutes you into the didn't movie. tell me this was a war movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a war movie. I it mean, is it a is a race movie. It it's about race, um, but it is a war movie. But it's not homework. It is homework. Oh, come on. But it was it was a lot, like it was good homework. Once we get into that house? Once you get into the house, but it was really hard to watch. I find um, part of the reason why I hate war movies is it bothers me to see people be, being so cruel in a situation that is realistic. But how interesting is this film that it's a war movie? And it's about civil rights movement, but it takes place farther north than we've ever seen a civil rights movie kind of take place. I mean, I guess I don't know enough about the canon of civil rights movies to know, like, sure, what but the most north of them are... take place in the southern borders. Yeah, the a, southern a lot of them are in the south. So for this to be Michigan, to be Detroit, which today we know as like, wow, this is a very, uh, you know. It was a very prosperous city, GM, and obviously like Eminem and rappers came from Detroit. Uh, well, I don't think it was a very prosperous city. I think that's part of it. It's always had an urban scene of like all the workers, the blue collar workers. Of course. Which means it's like the opposite. Oh, I see what you're saying. I just always thought a lot of money came out of it because of all the car companies. Um, I mean, it when the car companies left, the city the city crumbled. basically imploded. Yeah, right. But I don't think I I think it was always a working class city. I don't think it was ever a rich city. Well, I'm really glad it's on your list because uh, you know Detroit. It actually did not make my list. I I felt like there were ten stronger films. It's like in the top fifteen. Yeah. Um. But I really like it. John Boyega, who's from uh, the Star Wars movies. He was really good. Really good. He gave a really good layered performance. Um, I like the guy who was in the who was in Ant Man. Oh, you mean Anthony Mackie, the the war veteran? That's correct. Really, really. He, solid. he stole the show to me. Like he was just amazing. It's an interesting film. If you haven't seen it, check out Detroit. I was glued to the screen when I watched it. Um, 
So yeah, so that's your number 10. That's my number 10. I, I'm like torn even why it wasn't o- nominated, but I think it's because it went on so long. But then I think about the movie and I think about cutting any of it and I'm like, no, nah, you needed that because it has a point. Like- it really does. I, and that layered ending with the with the courtroom. Oh, God. guys, just watch Detroit if you haven't seen it already. Uh, my number 10 is Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. Made it onto the top 10. It, uh, I, I had a second viewing and it kind of scooted up a little. It was in the put top 15. Put a pin in it, mister. Okay, we'll put a pin in it. We'll come back to it. <laughs> what is your number nine? My number nine is I, Tanya. So here's the deal, guys. Um, we have both seen all of the best picture nominated films. That was kind of like the homework before we did this episode. Make sure you saw everything nominated for best picture. I... Tanya is not, and I missed this one. I literally have it on my queue. Came out today, so I bought it today for like fourteen bucks. Um, I figure that saves me a trip to the the cinema, which is about the same price anyway. About the same price, maybe more. And uh, so it's not on my list. Tell me about I Tanya a little bit, but don't give anything away because I haven't seen it. Um, it it was delightful. Like I sh- am shocked at how much I liked it. I found it. And we got Margot Robbie and Allison Janney up for Oscars. D- Mar- I think Margot Robbie's best performance ever. Amazing. Ever. Um, and Allison Janney or Janie, I'm not sure how to say her name. Um, if she doesn't win it, I mean, there's something wrong in the world. Really? Yeah. It was that good. Yeah. And I mean, it, and she's the favorite, right? Like she, she is, is favored. She's won the Golden Globe. The the two of them, I think, played off each other really well, and um, both gave different depictions of anything they've ever done before. And the actual Tanya Harding story, what? I'm. What I does also it give? had no idea. So, like, I think I was too young when it was happening to really understand what the story is. I mean, I think. All I, what I remembered in my brain of the of yep. the story is that she herself in in the middle of like the two of them on the ice, which I now realize is not a thing. No, um, like like cut the girl with her her like I thought she like cut her with her skates oh. while they were both on the ice skating no, on purpose. It was uh, it was like a bat or something like that. To, yeah, to yeah. the knee. Um, but Tanya Harding has always been like the villain of what she happened. has. Yeah. Don't tell me if she is, is in the movie, but I'm going to watch it probably tomorrow. It's it's cool. The movie was cool. The way they did it was cool. Um, and it was just really entertaining. Like, honest to goodness, just well done, entertaining movie. Um, so it it just really felt strong for the year okay fantastic my number nine wind river wind river i love that movie it oh, you was did. yeah it was a really great like what neo-noir i think is the type pretty that much called. like this real interesting mystery it's got this shootout at the end that is gonzos oh my god i didn't expect that no i also like cannot imagine a world well okay why don't you tell us what the movie's about uh so it's jeremy renner and elizabeth olsen and they are investigating a murder on this uh native reserve and in Alaska, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's really far north. It's all snow, so I'm pretty sure it's Alaska. I yeah, think so. and um, it's it unravels this story, but Jeremy Renner has all these layers because he kind of has gone through this. He discovers the body of this young native girl, and it 
as the story unfolds, you learn more and more that he lost his own young daughter who was half native. That's right. And so, you know, on top of all this going on, he's kind of consoling his friend who is going through this while trying to solve it. Yeah. And so he's a hunter and Elizabeth Olsen is an FBI agent. And basically uh, she's brand new, you know, been out of school maybe a few years and she's all they've got. No one's sending anyone and she can't (laughs) do it without him. She arrives in like a suit, doesn't have anything, any gear. Right. Well, and as she explains, like everyone's making fun of her. She's like, well, I didn't know I was coming here and I got like, I was like on a flight back home. And And so I loved um, this story. Yeah. The story was great. Performances were great. It moves really well. Uh, It's shot beautifully all in the snow and in the mountains. It looks great. And when you finally learn what happened, it's, I mean, it's, it's horrifying what happens to this girl. Oh yeah. I, I, the story, like, it's just, it's a really fun mystery. If you like a thriller and a mystery, watch this movie. I would recommend it if you've seen Gone Baby Gone. Or if you like Chinatown. Or if you like Chinatown. Perfect. Uh, it's number 14 on my list. All right. So we are at, uh, number eight. All right. My number eight. I wonder if you've even heard of it. Probably not. It's a UK film and it's called Young Offenders. Nope. I haven't heard of it. What's uh, what's it about? It's a really funny movie. The way that I would describe it is a mix of Dumb and Dumber and Ali, like the Ali G show. Really? I yeah. Mean, is he in it? Is is Sasha no, Baron no. Cohen it's not. It? It's not Sasha Baron Cohen at all. And actually, it's now uh, a television series that I think has come out recently or is about to be coming out. It was so wildly popular. Uh, It came out in the UK in 2016, but in North America in 2017. So I did count it as a 2017 movie. Which is a part of our rules as well. We are from Toronto. We're from Canada and the United States now. And if we don't get a movie until a certain time and we can't actually watch the movie, we don't count it. That's why Paddington 2 is on my top of my 2018 list right now oh god <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so the, the it's just these two guys they're british actors they give these great like they're so stupid it really is like dumb and dumber it's two guys um it's a very particular group in the uk and a very particular like niche of people who are like the ali g character kind of thing yep but then the movie itself is a lot like dumb and dumber like they're just two idiots um and they're getting themselves involved in this um oh it's not the uk it's ireland my bad is it shot like a documentary sort of Kind of, kind of. I mean, it has that handy, like... Sort of like The Office, maybe? Like, there's something going on, but they didn't, like... No. They never address the camera. They never address the camera. But it is a little bit handheld, but um, they've decided that they're going to go hunting for cocaine. Because uh, there was a giant, like, spillage of cocaine in 2007, I guess, worth 40... And this is real, worth 440 million euro. And so the, these two so they idiots go treasure hunting for cocaine? go treasure hunting for cocaine to make that all their ambitious. wild problems like okay so but they're idiots like it's dumb and dumber it's right and it's just as much of a road movie as dumb and dumber 
and it's. Did you tell me about this movie, or did this, was this I, something you watched this week and you just didn't? No, I watched it a little while ago. Actually, I was so it was like I it was like way up there on the top of my list for a while. Right. Um, and now I'm like trying to remember it exactly. It was so funny, like it's just endearing. Okay, I gotta watch this. The Young Offenders at uh, number eight on your list. Number eight on my list. Uh, this is the first big surprise for me. Wow. As you know, or maybe you don't, I gave Blade Runner three chances at three different times in my life to like that movie. So when Blade Runner 2049 came out, I was like, I'm good. I didn't like the first one. I'm not going to like this one. And my buddy, our our mutual friend, Chris, kept on saying, no, 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 you got to see it. Like, let's go. And I'm like, I'm not paying money for a movie that. I'm probably not going to like fast forward to the DVD release or the, um, the digital release. I rent it. This movie got me in, in every sense of the word. Like this is like a three hour film and I did not leave my chair. All right. I saw that movie too. I I liked it. It's probably middle. uh, It's in my top 20. It looks like, Um, but like it didn't really get close to the top 10. So what about this story made it so amazing for you? I think it's Gosling's performance. I think he does do a great job. I am so invested in his story. And then when you, if you haven't seen the movie, it's kind of following this, uh, this prophecy sort of, of one of the replicant. He is a replicant. You find that out right away. Mm -hmm. And he's hunting his own kind, which is also like, very interesting because that was always sort of the theory of the first Blade Runner was like, oh, was Harrison Ford a replicant or not? Right. Yeah. Until James Cameron came out with that one director's cut where it was definitive that he was not a replicant. Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I also didn't expect a director who wasn't Ridley Scott to do a sequel that I would like more, but I liked it so much more. I mean, I guess that in some ways makes sense because if you didn't like Ridley Scott's version, then, you know, it makes sense that perhaps another director will speak to you. And I think there was, you know, great moments of of levity. Um, you know, Robin Wright's performance was kind of funny at points. The villains were great. I love Joy, which was his like hologram girlfriend. Oh, really? I did not like her. Oh, interesting. Um, I thought she was fantastic, and I loved the scene where she kind of melded with the other, the other girl, the yeah, the other girl, so that they could have sex. This is amazing. It looks amazing, and it had me the whole way through. Um, actually, I should. I I lied. I got up once, and I, when I paused it, it told me there was an hour and a half left. Went to the bathroom, came back, and I hadn't met Harrison Ford yet, and I knew he was in the movie, and I was like, man, you got some balls to not give me Harrison Ford, and there's an hour and a half left in this movie. There's no way that I'm going to – but I did. I loved I loved the second half of the movie just as much as I liked the first half. So I don't know what happened, but I'm a Blade Runner fan now. <laughs> <laughs> I All thought right. it was interesting, but I don't know. Definitely not top 10. Not top 10. Okay. Um we were at seven. My number seven, you had mentioned earlier. I'm shocked that this is lower on your list than Blade Runner, but it's Baby Driver. 
Baby Driver. Let's talk about Baby Driver. Man, oh man. It's been a really long time since I saw that movie. I wanted to rewatch it so that I could speak about it a bit more, uh, but I didn't get around to that. But it was just lovely. It was so much fun. It was Such this like fun, fun ride. Fun ride. The music working in tandem with I the- I love the music. With everything that's happening. I. How long did it take him to edit that together? Uh, you know, it's funny. I th- It depends, like- I think it's easier to edit to music. Like sometimes you find it, it's crazy when you're doing editing. And I only say this from the small amount of editing that I've done on some short films and like demo reels for me and my friends. But like when you find that, like things just fall into place. Like there's something weird about life or humanity where we fall into the rhythm of a song. I read somewhere that some of his song choices were short. And so he had to rewrite uh, certain parts of the movie so that he could replay the song so that he was back in rhythm with what he was doing. Not surprised. But really, it was because the song's too short. Yeah. And I, I was just like, man, like to put that kind of thought into these insane action scenes that are all practical effects, the the sun drivers in this movie are amazing. Amazing. That's why this movie is so high on my list. I feel like it's such an achievement on so many different fronts. Um, and it was really fun to watch and interesting. And it's like Edgar Wright's first mainstream success. So as an Edgar Wright fan, you, you know Scott Pilgrim and Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's top five for me. Yeah. I have to have it in my top 10. I'm surprised it's at 10 instead yeah, of I like Yeah, I can't five. believe that you thought that this was less good than Blade Runner. As you will learn, this was a year of growth for me, Ivana. I don't know if I like this growth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my number seven is Logan. Okay. Logan uh, was on my top 10 for a while, but it has since been inched out. And you want to know what's better than Logan, in my opinion? As long as it's not in your top 10. It's not in my top 10. Okay. Uh, Reese Witherspoon's Home Again. I think like half of our audience just said, nope, next podcast. I'm not going to lie. That movie is delightful. But okay. Tell me about it. What made you put Logan in your top seven spot. For starters, Hugh Jackman. His performance in this film is so elevated across any of the other times he's played Wolverine. The, there's a scene in the car where he's telling her, we're not going to this sacred place in this comic book. And it's this moment where he's like, no, 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 stop hitting me. Stop. Like, And he's so frustrated and you can see he's, he's getting weaker and he's sicker. And it sold every, I mean, he sold the performance from the very first scene when he's drunk, slicing people apart. But that was when I was like, man, he's got so much heart into this final performance. To be honest, I was shocked he wasn't nominated. Like, to be honest, I know it's a superhero film, but I was shocked he wasn't nominated for this performance. It's the best I've ever seen him. And it's a superhero movie. And... It's unlike any superhero movie I've ever seen. Yep, that's all true. Um, it shot great. The I, the did you find it a little bit boring? No, and this is where my growth of the year comes from. So many of these films that we're going to be talking about are a little bit longer. They're a little slower than I normally like. You're not going to see the Force Awakens kind of movie on my list anymore for some reason. I mean, you might. Uh, yeah, you will. <laughs> but um, but not what you think. And I just, 
I dug it. And after the first time I watched it, I watched it again and I was I was blown away by how much I liked it even more the second time. Uh, Patrick Stewart is great. He's always great. He's, always He's so great. good. Like, when does he not do an awesome job? His, like, nuances and, like, the ways that he controls Logan throughout it were actually really clever and fun oh, for me. Oh, really good. And then you have Daphne, I can't, Keel? I think it's Keel. The little girl who's far and away one of the coolest new characters to ever come. Like, Disney's going to have that property again. What the hell's going to happen to that character? I mean, I guess we'll find out, but they don't, they don't, they haven't done much with her so far. I mean, she is a vicious little child, crazy person, and I loved every second of watching her lose her mind. <laughs> so that is my number seven. Um, all right. So we've got two movies so far that I have not seen on this list. I, I think I've seen all of yours. You now. have. You've yeah. seen them all. I, okay, this was a banner year for me. I just want to say I've seen almost 80 movies. And I've seen 64. Yeah, like I, I've never beat Jay. Um, I think knowing for a whole year that I need to prioritize this year's movies has been a big difference. I think you keeping track of your movies for the first time all year long. Yeah, I've never done that before. Is what's helping you here. Yeah. But also you watch like every Netflix movie. No, not every, but I do watch a lot of them. A lot of them are not going to be in your top ten. No, they're at the bottom. But I also, <laughs> I also like a lot. Like I, I have a, I think I am more open to independent films. I see. I think I like independent films, and I think I, I watch a lot of movies that, if I want to see a movie and it scores lower than like seventy five percent, I will wait till video. So there are some movies that I really want to see. That just aren't even available yet for me. So I'll wait for that. Like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express, which, by the way, is dumpster fire. Like, it's the worst. But when we saw the trailer, we were like, we want to watch that. And then it came out. It was like 38%. We're like, we're not paying money to see that movie. <laughs> and then it came out on to rent actually just this week. So I was like, yep, here's my five bucks. It's better than 30 and we watched the movie and we were so disappointed. But anyway, we're getting off track. We are at number six. Yep. What is your number six? I um okay, so I, I just want to say that most years I would say six and above is what I would expect in a top ten. I liked my seven and below movies. Yes. But I'm I feel like even though a lot of people are saying how great of a year 2017 was for film. In my opinion, is it really that great? Well, we were talking about this. For me, the best picture nominations, like only three are really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I just think um, it's it's maybe not my opinion of the best year ever. But this movie, this movie is great. Uh, I'm a little bit sad that it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. And it is Lady Macbeth. Yeah, you asked me to watch this movie and it looked like homework and I did not. It was not homework. Um, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Both I watched it with my mom um, and we both were surprised at how much we liked it. Really? But it's it's like a period piece, right? Yeah, and I hate period pieces. I know. But it is not. Like, it's it's so interesting and cool. Um, 
And I might as well, like, I, I don't, it's kind of spoilery, but I think it's worth it because I think it'll sell you guys. Um, it totally makes sense why it's called Lady Macbeth. And the reason is... Are you going to give something away right now in front of all of our hundred and whatever listeners? Yeah, I really don't think it's going to hurt for to give it away. Um, we all know the story of Macbeth. Before you give it away, just so you know, you can skip forward like 10 or 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. I will endure. Go ahead, starting now. So, actual story of Macbeth is about this guy who becomes really power hungry, and then he kills all these people, and uh, his wife gets regret, yes. and she's named Lady Macbeth. Well, this is a story about a girl and all the things she's willing to do for her own, her own personal power, uh, and she is more like the Macbeth, not the Lady Macbeth. She doesn't okay. go crazy, screaming out, out, damn spot. She's this like opportunistic smart but not in the most traditional ways girl who just wants to make the best life for herself and is willing to do anything to get it and that's why she's lady Macbeth. and the ending is great like there's a real finality or like there's a, a closure to it all um but it's really fun to watch it's basically about it's this fun to watch it's really fun to watch i mean Look, this is somebody who does not like period pieces. I give her all kinds of period pieces to watch. Yeah. She's like, nah, I'm not having any of this. Yeah. So if you're telling me that this period piece is like worth watching, number six on your list, I kind of have to believe you. Yeah. Like it's it's fun. She's so kooky. She's okay. not like a regular like period piece person. She's um She's not proper and like poised. No, and so here's the whole premise is that her dad sells her because she's beautiful to this rich family how many goats do they get yeah like it's one of those oh. but it, it's also that time in history so I, it was normal totally normal um <laughs> and uh it's normal at that time i don't know like so he sold his daughter to this uh are you hearing this people this is traditional marriage there are goats involved okay <laughs> <laughs> she he's kind of he sells her to the grandfather basically um because the grandfather wants his son to have an heir Okay, totally makes sense. And so literally her job is to get fucked. Yes. By her like owner husband. Right. Um and you know because you find out really early on it's so funny he cannot get hard for her. It is hilarious. Okay. All right. I I I don't want to know anything more. I will watch it. I bet it'll be on Netflix by like next week. I will definitely give it a try. Um man, you have like The Young Offenders and Lady Macbeth these two Kind of smaller films on your list. Yeah, I because I like growing. I like smaller films. I know, and I well, my next one's sort of a smaller film, although it's got like it's a, it's a best picture nomination. Uh, but it's Call Me by Your Name. It's okay. Put a pin in. Okay, that. Okay, we'll put a pin in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five on your list. Number five on my list. You also didn't see. Why do you do this to me? I look. I'm usually the movie guy, and now I look so stupid. <laughs> it is Disaster Artist. I know. I know. it's, And it is available to buy right now, and I just have not, because I'm a little nervous about the implication of the sexual assault and giving him all of that money. And yeah. So tell me. like, So I saw it before, saw it before that before came that, out. Of yeah, I did. Um Although I, I do kind of want to rewatch it because maybe Lady Macbeth is better than it. I'm not sure right now. The way that I felt leaving the theater, it's in the number five spot. Look, it doesn't even matter about the 
I mean, it does, of course, to the world matter about this sexual harassment, however, or the misconduct, or I don't know what it is. I haven't really delved into it, but the disaster artist won uh, for best actor. He won best actor at the Golden Globes. Yeah. There's something to this role. I think part of maybe why I loved it so much is also I've seen The Room multiple times. Yep. I read the book, The Disaster Artist. As we did. Um, yeah, we read it together. That's right. That's um, why I'm like, why have I not seen this? What I will say shocked me the most about the book was how cruel um, the blonde guy, Dave, da- Dave Sestero, Sist- Greg Sestero. Greg Sestero. Yeah, whatever his name Sistero. is. Sestero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how cruel he was, in my opinion. In the book. Yeah, to Tommy Wiseau. And how was the film with him? A lot more love in this movie. Okay. That's good because he was a big part of making it. Yeah. So the movie, like, I think it was a really great adaptation because. Um, well, we were both confused on how they'd make it an adaptation. Yeah. they. I mean, it. it's pretty much exactly like, you know, all the ways that it says, like, everything that happened as they were filming. They did yes. all of that. And oh, it's, wow. It's great. It's watchable, shockingly. Usually I don't like movies funny. about making movies, but this was great. Um and definitely the cadence was there. I think that James Franco gave a stellar performance. I think Dave Franco gave a stellar performance. Um, is a really fun movie. The And the part where, like, the Tommy Wiseau part of the movie was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. Like, he's in it. Yeah, he has a cameo. Fantastic. Um, I, look, I got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas. No excuse, I, I, Jay. I, I, <laughs> the movie guy I, is I just know. not watching movies. What's going on? <laughs> so Disaster Artist at number five. Um, I can even say this with full power and like authority. My number five, we're going to put a pin in because it's Get Out. Oh, yeah. Put a pin in it. <laughs> put a pin in that. All right. What's number four? <laughs> uh, number four is Call Me By Your Name, which you just mentioned. So yes. let's talk about it. Uh, so I did not want to watch Call Me By Your Name. I remember because I had to get mad at you to make you watch it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching Call Me By Your Name. I've seen so many indie romances. Um, what's going to be different about this movie? It's so different. It's so different. I was actually shocked at how much I liked the movie. As I watched it, I had the monologue of, Ivana, you should be really bored out of your mind, but you're not. Here's the thing about this movie, in, in my opinion. It's the first time I've ever seen on screen, and this is post-Moonlight, where two men have a fling or have a relationship, and it's cool. There's no issues. It's so refreshing in 2018 for me, because I watched it a couple days ago, Yeah, to watch a movie about two men having a relationship, and it's fine. Well, but... It's a period piece, right? Like, it's set in the 80s, I think. Set in 80s in northern Italy. Yeah, and th- like, and you don't know that it's fine. Like, you just gave away the ending. No, no, no. You, you never feel creeped out. You never feel weirded out by their relationship, even though he's an older guy and he's oh, a Oh, right. Kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never a moment where you're like, oh, this doesn't, this doesn't work. It totally works. It works from the get-go. And then when they start having the... Uh, the summer romance you're okay and then you start realizing like oh there's not gonna be any real drama here like 
that's the beautiful thing. And I think I could say that because Army Hammer did say in an interview, because I checked on after, he's like, well, this is going to be the first time you see a refreshing love story where it's like, oh, there's no big deal. This is how we portrayed it. Yeah. And there isn't. And it's so weird for me in 2018 to actually say the most refreshing part about this movie is that it's refreshingly like there's no drama. <laughs> Right. I mean, until the end. The end, there's so much heartache and drama, and it has all those elements of that first love. It does, right? Like it, it and and obviously he's older. He's not he's still a little naive, but he's not as naive as um Elio. Yeah, Elio is he uh, oh, but I don't even think that it's about naivety or anything. I think what they felt was really true. And your first love is the is a love that just sticks with you forever. And th- this was a movie about a first love, and and it's a summer romance, so you know the summer's going to end. Exactly, yeah, and you know that right from the beginning because Army Hammer is just a student who's there for that one summer. He's Absolutely, not coming back Elio's not going summer. anywhere. Yeah, exactly, and and it it was really fun to watch Elio explore his sexuality um, with both a female character. And a male character. And that was another thing. You, I was I was expecting... And seriously, guys, like I, I feel like I'm a little bit spoiling stuff, so maybe skip ahead 30 seconds, but I liked how that ended, too. Yeah. And then the, and then the father at the end was amazing. Oh, that made me cry. Uh, all kinds of cry. That was the, the moment that I was like, well, this is into the top 10, 100%. I mean, I, I already had kind of figured as much. I was shocked. The movie is so beautiful. It's, and you, you see the soundscape the, the, of like the, 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 I don't know, the, the area. Everything. Yeah. It was like, that's happening. you just like hear birds. You feel like you're in Italy. Oh. Yeah, like it kind of reminded me of some weird ways of um that Ma- Matt Damon one we watched where he takes over. Oh yeah, but not as creepy. Um, yeah, like lovely instead the, oh, of. Oh my gosh, what is that? That is talented Mr. Ripley. Talented Mr. Ripley. That's right. There and then there's you know the phone call. Uh, um, which you realize Elio is so lucky. It's a beautiful story. It's just a beautiful story. It's and, just a really beautiful, lovely and story. Honestly, and then he, the, can I just say the cover art for this movie is the stupidest cover art. I know. Like I, it made me not want to watch the movie. I know. Me too. I didn't want to watch this movie. I was like, not I've because seen of, Weekend. I've seen other movies with, with, with gay love stories. And this is the first time I saw one that was really just so refreshing and beautiful. And Timothy Chalamet, um, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Keep your eyes on this kid. Oh, he's huge. He's in so many movies right now. There's no keep your eyes on. He's made it. Well, he's got the Oscar nomination. I don't think he's going to win because it's going to be hard to take down Gary Oldman, I think. But he is fantastic. Um, He runs the gamut of emotions in this film. He so sets the bar for the chemistry between the two. He's bold, man. Oh, I loved it. Anyway. He is bold. Great. I'm so glad we have like, this is our first lineup in here, I think. Oh, no. Baby Driver as well. Baby Driver as well. Yeah. All right. So call me by your name at number four. All right. What's your number four? It's not on your list. It is the Lost City of Zed. Right. Or Z, which or is Z. literally is Lost City of Z. So you have like the little. Oh, rhyming. that's right. I say Zed because of. You're Canadian. I'm Canadian. <laughs> but no, no, no. Uh, the Lost City of Z. And this is. A, that's like way lower on my list. Of course. I understand. This is. If you like Dances with Wolves, I think this is a Dances with Wolves kind of movie. It's set 
back in the day. It's a period piece. Uh, homework and a half shell. Let me tell you guys. Let me tell you guys. But it's gorgeous. And it's all about this adventure. It is gorgeous. That this guy goes on and he starts meeting these tribal people. And his relationship with them is interesting. I will give you that. Very interesting. But his relationship with Robert Pattinson, where they keep going back together. Yeah. And how we get like there's this there's this guild of adventurers who's kind of supporting them. And there's there's a storyline where one of them goes with them and he can't hack it in the Amazon. And uh, honestly, so it's Charlie Hunnam is the is the main guy of this. He basically is ignoring his family to go and look, like go to South America. He's a man who should tribes. have never really had a family. I think he, he should have just followed his passion, and that was that. I I respected, you know, that aspect of it. I think the passion and and all of that. So when I was watching this movie, I again it was one of these movies that I was glued to the screen, and I was like, "Holy crap! Holy!" Crap. And it's a slower movie. And it's a slower movie again, yeah. and. Around every turn, I was like, oh, my God. And then there was a, a small scene where they're all sitting around a table talking about their lives or talking about what's next. And I was like rooting for Charlie Hunnam's character so much. Um, and then the end just blew me away. I don't want to give away the ending, but I, I teared up and I was like, oh, they find it. Like, it's all about finding the lost city of Z. Z. And yeah. anyway. I'm not going to say much more. If you like Dances with Wolves and you like that kind of slow burn that is Dances with Wolves, which I do. It's one of my favorite movies. I think you'll like The Lost City of Z. But I knew, even though I gave it to Ivana, that she probably wasn't going to dig it. It's so true. I it's knew it was going to be on the list. We are top three, baby. Oh, my gosh. The top three. Oh, this is big. Okay. All right. Are you ready? I don't know. Why do you, you? I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready for my top three? Also, we're normally on other sides of the planet, but right now we're, sh we're actually in the same place because like it's such a six such hours a driving. Big, big episode this is. So we had to be like, yeah, you know, able person. to look at each other. So she's looking at me like, are you ready? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> she's just going to say a movie, but I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. I hope well, this you're, comes across to you how excited you're we getting are. it anyway. Are you ready? Do it. Okay. Three billboards outside oh, yeah, of Abbott fucking Missouri. Okay. Um Did you rewatch it? I didn't. I Yeah, you had to rewatch it. When I first watched it, it didn't even get into my top ten. Right. And then I rewatched it because of a conversation you and I had about the movie. Yes. And then I was like blown away. I think Woody Harrelson is my favorite part of this movie. He's such an interesting character. Uh, Frances McDormand, like, I think she just spits off lines and like is like she's fantastic. All the actors in this are great. They're all going to win awards and it's going to be fine because they I all deserve awards. I think the reality of all of the actors, ev like everyone that is cast in this is so freaking talented. Yes. That them just showing up, knowing their lines, is enough to give out. It elevates. It like, really such does. a great performance. But but the story for me is where I, I no the I, story I just, is where I am now on board. But you have to the, watch it a second time. There for the are story. moments where you know when she's with the deer I, that I was like, oh, this is a beautiful little moment. I love the way it's shot. I love that like the deer represents her daughter. Um, 
But then there's other moments with Sam Rockwell, like if the firebombing of the station weirded me out, I felt like I felt like there were major tonal shifts in the film that I didn't r- resonate with. Um, and then that ending that just drives me up the wall. Uh, but tell me why you liked it. Why, like what what on that second viewing did you see that I'm not seeing? So I I thought there were tonal shifts the first time I watched it and the second time I watched it, there aren't. Okay. So I think there's a lot of preconceived notions when you start a movie with a murder rape and an unsolved mystery. You think they'll solve a mystery. And also the way they start that movie in the script, it's so much about the death, right? Of course. So you're expecting a Wind River, right? Yes. Exactly. But this movie is not a Wind River. It's not about the the murder at all. And I think that's probably the only thing that it does wrong. So I think that the well, writing- it's about grief, right? Nah, I don't even- I don't even know that I would say it's about grief anymore, in my opinion. I think it's about so much more than that. It. I think this movie is a picture of America, and I think that this whole movie is a big comparison to America right now. Like, the as a whole? As a whole. Interesting. And, um, and I think that the characters represent different aspects or personalities or visions of America. Um... And so when I and and the reason why I watched it the second time kind of thinking about America and what is this movie saying about America is you and I were chatting about it and it kind of came up that, um, you know, people are so bigoted and still racist and all these things in this movie because not everyone in America has gotten with the 21st century. And um, I, I mean, that's true for the whole world, but this is a movie about America. And and two that I think. I mentioned, well, this is a movie about post-Trump America. And then I watched it with that in my head. And suddenly everyone made sense. Like, um, Frances McDormand, when you watched it the first time, you think she's the good guy, the protagonist, the person that you're... Until halfway through, and I'm like, you're you're really not. No, until, like, the from the very beginning. Like, the things she says. Like, when she <laughs> drills into that guy's... In the, into the dentist? Into the dentist. Like, that that is just awful. Even before that, like, the things she says, like, the offside comments that come out of her mouth. The, the thing with the priest was one of the things that... At, at first glance, I was like, wow, that's kind of poignant. But then it... It doesn't give me a view of her. It just shows me she's angry. Like there was no ever. That's what this movie is about. This yeah. movie is about the concept of anger and justice. Right. And and, as, and it's all about how holding that anger inside of you is like a cancer that spoils you as a human being. Well, to steal a line from another movie that we watched and another best picture, you know, I will watch it again because if you never change your mind you'll never change anything. So I will, I will, what movie I will is watch that from? it again. It's from the movie you did not like the darkest hour. Ah, yes. Right. Uh, so I definitely will watch it again. Um, probably after the Oscars, probably after it wins best picture. Uh, but on first, first glance, yeah. there was a lot. I, I just didn't resonate with when I watched it the second time. It's interesting. It suddenly became, I'm surprised the, the sheriff's so story. It's totally the sheriff's story. That's why I like Woody Harrelson so much. I think he's the most. I think he's the most progressive character. He is the most progressive character. Um, when you rewatch it, 
nothing he ever says or does is really wrong. Like even when he talks to her and he comes out to try to convince her to get rid of the billboards, he doesn't really. No, he's like, you're right. But sometimes you just can't. Yeah. And he he's just like, I didn't have any DNA. Like there's just no way for me to solve this. Um, and he's so enlightened through this lens of death that he's yes. experiencing. Which I also loved when he died and he gave the letter to Francis McDormand. Well, to everyone and also to Sam Rockwell. That's right. And it was like, hey, they're probably going to hate you and blame this on me. Whatever. Yeah, he's like, ha you fucked my life. I'm going to fuck up yours. Have a good one. And it's also like, it's not out of malice. It just is. I mean, I think it's a little jab, but not, not an angry one. No, because he definitely believes she did the right thing in putting that up and lighting a fire under his ass. But there's just nothing he can do. There's no fire to light, I guess, is the exactly. problem. Um, he tried. He couldn't. What do you want? I don't know. I thought it let's was- Let's move on. Really fun, enlightening movie. Uh, Watch it. Let's move on. I will come back to it and we can talk about it another time. Maybe we do it in a take two at some point. I don't know. Um, but I didn't love it as much as I love my number three, which is War for the Planet of the Apes. Wow. This, for the longest time, <laughs> was my number one movie of the entire year. It wasn't until maybe three or four months ago that it was not- on my list. Okay, just like at number one. What the heck uh, does this like vapid blockbuster type movie have? Listen, if you haven't seen the new Planet of the Apes movies like Ivana, you don't get it. Watch Rise for the Planet of the Apes. You're gonna fall in love with Caesar because he's amazing, and that movie's amazing. I, I, I'm telling you, right, this, but they're like CG chimps now. They look so real. This film looks perfect. Like it's. So beautiful. I'm telling you this, okay? And we're What's it about thematically? This. Yeah, what's it about thematically? Thematically, it is a story about a new breed of people and how they are the next step in evolution and people just need to deal with it and get over that shit because they are next and they are taking over and they are doing it out of malice because we did it to ourselves. We screwed like, up the planet. Isn't they that get to what the it. original Planet of the Apes, which I love, just so you know, I think they're great movies, are all about anyway, kind of? Absolutely. Except you they cannot, become just like us and you can't compare as evil the two. as us. Look, this is by far the best trilogy that has happened since Lord of the Rings. It is, you have to watch them together and it's the great, it's a great ending. Woody Harrelson's in it. Maybe like his performance will get you to go see it, but- this is a movie that Becky has been telling me she's never going to watch. And I tricked her. I tricked her into Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Halfway through, she actually was like, damn, this has got me. Then she watched on her own Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And then I said, so opening day, opening day. Love them all. We will be revisiting this because it is amazing andy circus he needs like just an oscar for doing the work that he does in this film what does the, he do he's he's the chimp he's the main chimp throughout the whole series he is caesar uh so war for the planet of the apes number three on my list i i can't oh man this trilogy is so damn good matt reeves you killed the last two entries but i still think rise of the planet of the apes is so incredible that it sets up this beautiful world and all three are amazing 
Let's go to number two. I think we have the same number two. What? I think so. I'm guessing. Do we say them at the same time and see what happens? Sure. Okay. Count of three? Yeah. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. The The Big Big Sick. Yes. (laughs) And both the number two. Well, the thing is, I know what your number one is. You do, yeah. I've known all year what your number one is. (laughs) It wasn't And I know you're not going to let the Big Sick slip off your list and it hasn't come up yet. Yeah, that's true. So I, I, I I just knew that The Big Sick would be on your list. The Big Sick, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is hilarious and so good and heartwarming. And Ray Romano should be nominated for something. So should Holly Hunter. I agree, but Ray Romano more. You think so? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Maybe just because I ex- didn't expect it out of him. Here's the thing. I think, and we'll, we'll, you know what? We'll just say it right now. We're doing a little mini-sode. And we'll be taking care of all of this. In the past, it will have already come out. Oh, yeah. We did one. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recorded it yet. We did We did an Oscar episode that came out on Oscar Day. And it was kind of our predictions and what we were, we were thinking. And also, we did a little game of who would we swap out. But the thing is, the supporting actors, supporting actresses, and the actor-actresses are actually, in my opinion, pretty solid this year. Okay. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be tricky to fi- like figure out who you would take out to put Ray to Romano put him in. in, and you have to have seen it anyway. Yes, of course, of course. Um, but he's he did great, and the, I I was everybody surprised. Everybody in this film's great. Um, I love Kumail. Can I just say that Kumail is like the best? Like ever since Franklin and Bash, you remember Franklin and Bash? I will never forget Franklin and Bash. He was like one of the best parts of Franklin and Bash. And Kumail's this is a this is his story. He yeah, it's history. He wrote it. He stars in it, and it's it's so funny. It's a beautiful little story. It's a dramedy about something extraordinary that, when you find out is real, is like blows your mind. Yeah, and there are moments in this film that make me laugh so hard, so hard. Like like the most like uproarious kind of like comedy, and it's true. All of this is like. These are true things that you totally understand because either you've been in that scenario or you know someone who's that person yeah. and you're just like, man, like I, I I, identify with every single character in this film. Every, Yeah, totally. There's so many parts of it. It's funny that you say that because there's so many parts of it for me that I, as an immigrant with a family who has like a, you know, different culture than what like the regular like melting totally. pot people have. There's so much of it, although I'm not from Pakistan, neither is my family. But I still resonate with that. Totally as well. resonate. And I, as I, don't as never, a, I don't know why. I'm not that culture. I yeah. I'm a white Canadian dude, and I watch that and go, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. Because there's all this pressure from your parents. Yeah. To do all these things. Yeah. I, I guess get that's it. just universal, universal, maybe. And I've I've tried to recommend this to so many people. I hate when people like are closed off to it because I'm like, you just don't know. I almost want to be like that asshole who's like, are you racist? Yeah. <laughs> Is that why? Because there's a brown guy in it. Watch a damn movie. I think everybody should see this film. Um, there's a great scene at a food. It's my favorite scene in the movie because it reminds me so much of Becky. He's at the drive through and he's going through all of this awful things. And he's like, can I get a burger with four slices of cheese on it? And the guy's like, Four burgers, sir. And he, no, 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 no. I just want one burger with four slices of cheese. We can't do that. Who's this we, man? Just put four slices of cheese on a burger. <laughs> Who's going to know? Like, it's like, 
I'll have to ask a manager for cheese. <laughs> and he just loses it, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yes, this is so weird. We're just people. Just so many times paper. in life you have that situation where you're like, but you're physically capable of doing what I'm asking for. <laughs> and I see it. But like, you get it, right? Because he's gone he's gone through so much. Yeah. And it's like, I'm going through the ringer and you can't do this one thing for your fellow man. <laughs> like, uh, I love that movie. I'm glad it's both on our list at number two. Yeah. Because uh, God knows I know what's your number one. Can I say it instead of you? Yeah, you say it. Number one on Ivana's list is Get Out. Number one on my list is Get Out. There was a time it wasn't on my list. Do you remember this? Because we had conversations about uh, me being like, really? Like, it's it's a great oh movie, yeah because you had to rewatch it i rewatched it to get it i did rewatch it too actually i got so much more out of it the second time because obviously you know the through line plot um but everybody leading up to that plays it so well and close to the close to the vest but there's tells all the way through all the way through like it was actually shocking like when i rewatched it the second time i was like my god you're just giving it away (laughs) yeah like everybody's gonna know (laughs) yeah like it's so obvious and i watched so i watched it the second time now here's the thing i liked it the first time i watched it of course i just didn't like it as much as um you know everyone else coco and girls trip and Wait, Kong Skull Island you and all these other movies. Even on your first watching, you put Girls Trip above Get Out. I really like Girls Trip. I don't understand why everybody loves Girls Trip. I don't oh, get it. I don't I get it. it. It's like the worst. It's like way down on my list. Oh, I lo- I loved it. I thought there was so much to love in that film. It was so fun. It was it was it was on the- so many best of lists. I watched it. I was like, I don't get it. This looks like seems like a very formulaic. Oh, there wasn't a part in that movie where I wasn't having a good time. But I will say, like, I went back to watch Get Out. And the thing that struck me the most is, yes, it's an important film, but that it's also fun. Yeah. I mean, like, those are the things that made this movie so great. There's a reason why it's number one on my list. And that's it. It's. A movie that's saying a lot about our society, about racism, about like that in the the insidious kind of like current thing that we have to like, especially people who are trying to be better need to be wary of, which is like. I would have voted for Obama for a third term. Yeah. I mean, that's that sort of little things you wouldn't say. Yeah. If you were not with a black person. Well, I don't know. I've had plenty of people say I would have voted for Obama for a third term. But he says in it, general, he says it to no. Is yeah, it's very particular. Of why? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the thing line is so uncomfortable, but perfectly uncomfortable. Like, how long has this thing been going on? I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Like, and there he is, like, yeah. Okay. Just like he looks up at her being like, I fucking told you so. <laughs> like, but he still loves her and he's so kind to her. Oh my God. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Uh, so likable. And you also know, the like brilliant performance. And I saw it after his, I think it was, he was nominated in the Golden Globes. Yeah. Uh, and so before the nomination for the Oscars. And I was like, really? Is he like, is he worthy? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When Absolutely. you rewatch it, like the things he does all throughout it, 
are are so nuanced and brilliant and layered. Like there's not a scene that he's not layering things. There are on so top many things. things happening in every scene. And that's that's Jordan Peele giving great direction. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's a fantastic actor who can pull it off, but that's Jordan Peele as well. And I I just found how, how Isn't that hypnotizing scene like the scariest thing ever? The importance of, you know, cultural appropriation, uh, you know, slavery, buying people. Like there's so many little things in this that you know, you that do not go unnoticed by the entire pe- population of people who watch this movie. I f- believe wholeheartedly. And it's also fun. Like and it's, it's also fun. The thing is, you can rewatch this movie and like b- also learn how to be a better person in a lot of ways. Like over and over again, you're not going to get bored. It's going to nope. be fun every time. It is, you know, there are scenes that are scary. There are scenes that are funny. There are scenes that are just heartwarming. There are scenes that like m- break your heart. Yep. Um, and it's just fun. And I. I don't know what you watched. Um, I've only seen the theatrical ending. I think the theatrical ending works way better. Have you seen both? Uh, no. I just know what the alternative ending is. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Try to get yourself a hold of the theatrical. I think it works way better. You still get that moment of like tension at the end, but then it's broken down by by. This I think like let's moment. not let's not yeah let's not go into that. Yep, I'm not going to go into it. Just watch the theatrical ending. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So we are down to my very last film. Um, and do you have any idea? I mean, it, since you said the Star Wars movie is coming, I assume. Oh, I did not say the Star Wars movie was coming. I oh. said I said there's something like The Force Awakens, which was War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I see. I didn't it's hear the sci-fi like. sci-fi blockbuster. I didn't hear the like. No, I honestly, I... I'm not sure what it what's going to be your number one. All right. So my number one of 2017 was not on your list. Otherwise, I would have told you to put a pin in it. Uh, it is The Shape of Water. That's your number one. So I have to explain this. There have been two movies in my life that have changed me fundamentally as at my mind as a person. The first one was in like when Jerry Maguire came out and I saw Jerry Maguire and I walked out of the theater and I said, wow, this movie thing isn't going away. Uh, this is this is going to be a thing for the rest of my life. I I love movies. This is going to be regular. Whoever ends up with me is going to have to put up with a lot of shit. <laughs> uh, and then 2017, I walked out of The Shape of Water. And I said, that was really great. Um, I really liked it. And then for the next two weeks, almost every single day, something about that movie popped into my head. You know what? I will say that about that movie. Things remind you of it so much. I was I, 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 I was surprised about that. I was so surprised about I that. I don't know why. But because every day, something new. It was like, oh my God, Michael, Michael Shannon's character is trying to protect his American dream by ruining everybody else's American dream. Wow, that's profound. Then the next day. Well, Gilmore del Toro is a Mexican. So he is directing a film about the American dream from an outsider's opinion. Holy shit. Well, and his main character, she's an outsider. She feels like an outsider. Of course. And then I'm like, oh my God, the pie shop scene popped into my head again about how he was just trying to be tolerant and that wasn't allowed. 
all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking of Octavia Spencer's husband and how he does nothing against this white man who's walked into their home. All these things start adding up. Not for just me. nothing. He gives them up. He gives them up. Yeah. And one after another after another for two weeks. I finally end up writing my review two weeks later because I can't get this movie out of my head. And I've never had a movie that I thought more theoretically in, in, in my entire life. It's so Broken interesting. Broken down bit by bit in my brain for so long afterwards. And every movie I've watched since, I've been like, so what are the themes of this film? What? So two films in my entire film watching career and Shape of Water is that second film. I couldn't not put it at number one with how this film affected me. That's very interesting that it affected you so much. Isn't it? I I'm I was surprised at how much I've been thinking about the movie since it came out. So I completely see where you're coming from. Right. And that does elevate this movie. And I think maybe make makes sense why it's nominated. Because when it first came out, it was probably around number five. But then I kept thinking and kept thinking kept thinking the musical number when she's so joyous when she's singing in front of like in front of no one it's just going on in her mind and like then we move over to richard jenkins character there is a russian spy that is a good guy like there's so many parts of this cold war kind of era film that blow my mind every time i think about it see i think that's where we differ and why it's not on my top 10 okay is like um the Cold War Russian, who's a good guy, does not blow my mind. It seems like the logical step. If your most evil person is going to be the all-American guy, then what's a good foil to that in a is Cold this, War is movie? Is this thinking's man, scientist, Russian? Right. You know, I I just thought it was interesting to do that today when there's so much emphasis on Russia. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of it is interesting, but in the flow of the movie, it's so natural. Very um, natural, yeah. I I will say that I kind of liked how much it felt like a fairy tale for adults. Oh, so much. Because it definitely is for adults. Here's the thing. Like, at times, it feels like it's made for a child. This movie is going to be But there's like known. a female who has sex with a fish man. Thank you for bringing this up. This movie is always going to be known as the fucking movie where some chick bangs a fish. But it's not. It's not like. It's is not, that what it's known for? I yes, a hundred percent online. All I see on Letterboxd almost every day is like, "Yep, she banged a fish. What up?" Or like something stupid. But he's and also very a, humanoid. He, it's such a small moment, and it's it makes sense for her. Like she's in water every morning getting business done on herself. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. I think it... She only feels at home in water. She feels like an outsider. I, I think th there's so many of those things, like Guillermo del Toro, I'm sure he's felt his whole life like an outsider, and all the the protagonists in this film are outsiders. Uh, so, it, like, in many ways, the film felt cliche to me. In, I just think there was so much... But there's a lot of explores. heart. Yeah, there is so much that it explores, and there's a lot of heart. A the heart, heart actually shocked. Like, that's what really elevates it. Right, because it also isn't a love story that I left originally from the theater going, oh, what a great love. Like, I didn't think that. I just thought, so it's so nice that these two found each other, and everybody wanted to break them up. Yeah. But they belong together. 
So it makes sense. And the love story, I don't think, is what the movie's about. I agree. I think it's about it's all about the tolerance. We've about. It's, it's a, about tolerance. It's about tolerance. It's a movie about being open to new things, to new ideas, to new people, and tolerance. That is why The Shape of Water is my number one. Um, it, I, I truly believe it has changed the way I look at movies, which is a huge thing to say in this year. <laughs> like, enormous. It's funny that a movie that's so innocent and childlike did that to me. Yeah. I know. I don't understand it. I don't. It wasn't number one until two weeks after. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to watch it again, but it's also not a movie that I'm going to rush out and watch again because I feel like it's it's rewatchability maybe every five years. It's not a rewatchable like, oh, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it again, um, which is another thing I learned this year about. I, I learned it from you, Ivana. So you don't have to watch movies over and over and over for them to still be your favorite movie. Yeah. Um, that is true because there can be parts of it that you just love so much, but it's true. not something you want to put yourself through all the time. I know. Like Requiem for a Dream, like that fucking movie. That is not rewatchable in the least. Or like The Cure, which I have not been able to bring myself to watch. Ever? Since high school. Oh, okay. Okay. So what we need to do now is build the ultimate top 10 movies of 2017, which is always so daunting. So daunting. Um. I think this is the year of Get Out. Ah, uh, yeah. This is definitely the... Like, I mean, for the fact that, like, a movie came out in the for, like in the first month of 2017 and it's nominated, that's, like, unheard of. Yeah, it never happens. I think, like, the last time was Crash. But um, I honestly believe that this is Get Out's year. I don't think it'll win, but I, I, I think it's its year. Um, it's important. It's fun. Is it going to get number one? I think we. I think it deserves number one. It's also on both of our lists. Yes. But that means The Shape of Water has to get number two. I'm okay with that. Okay. And we can put The Big Sick in number three. I'm good with that. All right. So now comes to the nitty gritty, which I'm sorry I just said because I've been playing a lot of HQ. And he <laughs> says that in front of everything. And I was like, oh. Well, I think three uh, three billboards should be number four. I mean, it has so much critical acclaim. I know it's not on your list. Over Call Me By Your Name, which is your number four? Yeah, but it's my number three. And it's also on my list. Okay, fine. Call Me By Your Name in number four, but then three billboards number five. God, I don't know. I mean, what about War for the Planet of the Apes? How about number seven? For War, it's my number three. Yeah, but it didn't change your life the way that, like, the I'm other just, one I'm did. I'm looking at where our similarities are. We got Baby Driver, we've got Call Me By Your Name, and we've got The Big Sick and Get Out. Yeah. So those have to make it on the list. Yeah. So, okay. But you're acting like, like, automatically we give three billboards a high-ranking spot for some reason. Well, because you haven't rewatched it, I think you'll really re-like it. Well, you haven't seen War for the Planet of the Apes. I think you'll love it. Fine. Put it on number six or five or whatever. It, All right. Where, All where right. are we at with All it right. anyway? We're at number five. Okay. Number five. Okay. I'll give three billboards number six. What? What do you mean number six? Well, that's where we're at. No, there's no way that War for Planet of the Apes is going to be higher than three billboards. It is because it is. Three Billboards is my number three. And War for the Planet of the Apes 
my number three. Right. And like and three I billboards didn't is like nominated. Three billboards and you didn't see War for the Planet of the Apes. Right. Except for like War for the Planet of the Apes is not nominated for Best Picture. It's nominated for visuals. But it's, it's nominated not nominated for-, for Best Picture. Who cares about that? There's We didn't have Darkest Hour on the list. Neither of us really liked that movie, obviously. I really oh, yeah, liked you that really movie. liked a movie, but it didn't make your didn't top, make 10. top 10. But, like, okay, here, it's, it, it's my number three. It's universally regarded. And I honestly think that you would like it a lot more if you watched it again. Whereas War for the Planet of the Apes is not necessarily, like, am I really going to love it so much? Yes. I'm going to love it to the point that it would make my top 10. You it know is my the movie taste. Closing of a beautiful trilogy. Yeah. And it delivers like the way that Return of the King delivers. But I hated all of the Lord of the oh Rings movies. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, whatever your Hobbit movie that you like so much, oh. it delivers like that. But I wouldn't say that the Hobbit movies delivers that much. I would agree with everything that you're saying, but I don't know why you don't like the Lord of the Rings. I think it's so boring. I don't understand you. All right. So you're saying to me, because Three Billboards is nominated, it should get higher. It's just universally regarded as a really good film, plus it's number three on my list. So I feel like those it's things- It's also an intensely divisive film in all of the film circles, including ours, because I don't like it and you do. But I feel like you would really like it watching it again. Again, we talked about this. The Great fact argument. that the setup- You would really like it if you watch War for the Planet of the Apes. I agree that I would like it, but I don't believe that I would like it in my top 10. Maybe we shouldn't have either one of these movies on our list. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that a number three on both of our top 10 right, isn't going to be our it, top 10. I, I will concede, but that means I get whatever the hell's next. Deal? Fine. I get whatever I want at seven. Fine. Do it. Right, but so it better be like something reasonable, not like your number you 12. You agreed. It can't be like your number 12 or something crazy like that. All right. At number seven, it's going to be Logan. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm down for that. Good, because it's not on your list. No, but it's I respect that movie a lot. Should number eight be Baby Driver? It's your number seven. It's my number ten. Uh it could be lower. It definitely needs to be on the list somewhere. What else do we have going well, on? What's you didn't have Blade Runner on your list at all? I didn't have The Young Offenders. I don't. I can't. I can't say if it's good because i haven't seen it yeah i'm not sure like i'm sure you would love it but i don't know if it would be in your top 10 at all um what else oh lady Macbeth and the disaster artist we like totally skipped over right yes that is very true Um, lost city of z we totally skipped over yeah so disaster artist is your number five lost city of z is my number four i would put lost city of z in number 10 well, but then we're going to run out of spaces for Baby Driver. And I took, se- well, I feel like I have to give back seven now because Logan is so high and I forgot about The Lost City of Z and you forgot about The Disaster Artist. Yeah, but like Logan, I feel like Logan deserves to make it on the list. So I'm f- I'm fine with that. And then. Maybe Logan should be a 10 then. And then one of those ones are higher. And then like Lost City of Z or the Disaster Artist or Lady Macbeth. I feel like if I had, like, even though I really love Disaster Artist, I think Lady Macbeth is a better film. Here's a question. 
with the Me Too mo- movement, and these are the best films of 2017, should the disaster artist find its way on this list? I read a little bit about, you know, James Franco, just because I also really like James Franco. I think yep. he's a an artist that I really respect. Like, you know, he... Well, when that first does, came out, I thought, like, I should just not text Ivana at all today because she's probably, like, in mourning or something. I, I was. I was really upset because I respect him. You know when you, like, you have someone that you really respect? Like, I respect how intellectual he, like, and intellectually he approaches things. He likes school. He likes all that stuff. We and then I read some of the stuff that year. he, I guess, did, and it's shady as Fuck. Yes, it is. Look, I'm okay with just not putting it on the list for a number of reasons. That's part of it. Part of it is, um, is it really like the best film of 2017? I don't know. Like it is high on my list, but does it really deserve to be there from a cinematic perspective? Exactly. And then, uh, and, and then and yeah, and just, all this so other many others that we stuff. Have. Yeah. And yeah, like, and then you add the political aspect of like the shady things that James Franco has done. Like, exactly. I don't know. I I'm good to leave it off the list. Okay, so I have the Lost City of Z. You have Lady Macbeth. I'd and, like Lady Macbeth to make it. And Bla- and Baby Driver should be on the list because it's on both of ours. Yeah. So where should Baby and, Driver live? And we Maybe have three eight? spots left. How many spots do we have left? We have left? three spots left. Okay, so those are our three spots. So Baby Driver, Lost City of Z, and Lady Macbeth should be are going on. Yeah. What if we did... What if we did Baby Driver at eight? And then Macbeth and... Um, yeah, Mac- Lady Macbeth can be nine... And then Z can be... 10? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad that Lost City of Z made it on. I don't think it's going to be for everybody. Yeah. So that totally makes sense to me. And I'm like, I, I went gaga over it, but I'm I'm also like an adventure nerd. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. I think so. We I got think a list. that makes sense. I'm actually shocked that it didn't do so well because didn't Dances with Wolves do very well? It won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have a list. Are we have a ready? list. Number 10, The Lost City of Z. Uh, number nine, Lady Macbeth. Number eight, Baby Driver. Number seven, Logan. Number six, War for the Planet of the Apes. Number five, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Number four, Call Me By Your Name. Number three, The Big Six. Number two, The Shape of Water. And the number one best movie of 2017, Get Out. And that's our top 10 films of 2017. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service, subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why don't you score us a quick five-star rating? Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website so that you could reach us. It's morethanmovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us. Hello at morethanmovies.net. You can find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or you can catch either of us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. And I'm at Jester J. 
Thanks again for spending some time with us, and we'll be back again with an all-new commercial-free episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more. Watch more.